0: Hello, everybody. We're back. It's June 20th. Uh, we're definitely in the midst of Washington summer uh, and also a couple of graduations. So we both had to go to different cities. So we, we missed a couple of weeks, but uh, it's nice to be back. Uh,
1: yes, it's nice to be back. I agree. Uh, we missed actually three weeks, uh, Phil. Uh, in our last session uh, three weeks ago, we covered phase one of the universities uh, which covered roughly 1962 to 1968. uh today we hope we'll cover phase two of the university roughly 68 uh, to 74. okay uh, i must say that uh, the events i will describe uh kind of overlap i mean they didn't have a, a sudden and abrupt end in 68 or an abrupt beginning in uh you know i mean they the overf- they overlap over the two phases uh so let's not be too um too uh, rigid about, i guess yeah, yeah too yeah. rigid about the dates you know yeah okay, yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like book
0: chapters in a history book i mean you know people don't live by chapters yeah yeah
1: after 1974, <laughs> certainly, I mean, it's an, an entirely different uh, university. It's under the Derg. Uh, it, was re-op- it was it was closed in 74. I left the university, and, it, and when it reopened, it, it it was reopened as Addis Ababa University no longer, mm-hmm. Addis Ababa University. Um, that's also the year I left the university to join the World Bank in Washington yeah. uh, <laughs> to start my self-imposed exile of sorts. Yeah. So 74 is definitely uh, an important date, uh, a, a clear break.
0: Yeah, that doesn't sound made up.
1: Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no. But 68 is uh, arbitrary, really. It could have been 67, it could have been 69. Um, partly, it's the year I've uh, completed my year as, my uh, service as dean. And mm. uh, uh, and then uh, in 69, late 69, early 70, we went on sabbatical leave. So there is a reason why we took that as a breaking off point uh, for phase one. Yeah. Uh, but as I said, some of the events I'm describing also started before. I mean, in the first phase, but continued on in the second phase. So so it's not rigid as you said.
0: No, I, but I mean, also 67, 68 were also political times, you know, in the world, in Europe, in Prague. Okay. I mean, so yeah. it's, it's not just we're making it up.
1: No, no, it's Uh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, um, in um, when I left the university, when I left Addis Ababa and the university in nineteen seventy four. I was aged 40 years. I was wow. uh, at the height of my career, uh, to, so to say, really. Mm. Um, when the university closed and I had no job, having resigned from the office of academic vice president, uh, I was delighted to be invited by the World Bank to join them. You know, it was a lucky coincidence to, uh, I think we'll, desc- we'll describe that some other day. Mm. Uh, but uh, today we'll just uh, mention that I left the university in 1974. Okay. I left, uh, uh, just for your information on Mascaram the 10th, which is about uh, September the 19th, roughly it's 18th, okay. 19th. Uh, the, the important thing is that I left exactly a week after the emperor was deposed. Wow. So these were these very uh, difficult times, and I was lucky really to uh, have left the country without much uh, difficulty by way from the police or from the immigration people. Yeah. Anyway, today we're going to highlight phase two, uh, focusing uh, my small share of contribution to the university's growth and development. I will focus, if this is all right with you, on three programs okay. that uh, in a way uh, mirror The period that under discussion, and also they were very important component in the in the life of the university, and uh, thirdly, these were the three programs that had something to do with in their creation and in the uh, how they were created and uh, how they were administered, and those three programs are first the laboratory school Uh um, one. The Ethiopian School Living Certificate Examination, ESLCE, okay. and, third, and thirdly, the Ethiopian University Service.
0: Okay. Uh, I never heard of that one.
1: You never heard of that one? mm Okay. Uh, it's okay. We'll get to it. Good. Let, let, let's start with the lab school. It's official name is the Bernda Mariam Laboratory School. Uh, Beram was an emperor uh, um, that reigned in Ethiopia in the 16th century during the time of Grain, Muhammad Grigna. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, the, it's the emperor who named the school. Okay. One, and one day we he came to visit the university, and we tried to show him the little school we had started behind the university, and. Uh, in fact, we were about to call it uh, something else, but then the minister said, no, you, you know, you just don't go uh, around and call it, you know, give names to places, uh, why don't you ask the emperor to name it for you? I <laughs> okay. no? So I did, uh, for the emperor, and yeah. on the spot, said, Look, let's call it Bernard Mariam School. Okay. <laughs> so, what was the lab school, you know, uh, popularly known as the lab school? Mm. Well, it, was, it had two purposes, really. Uh, first it you know i must say it was attached to the faculty of education uh, although it had a director i was ultimately um, the head of that school you know via the the head the labs the director well it was intended to serve as a a, a demonstration school in the sense, it was as a, as a place for student teaching, practice teaching for the students who are in the Faculty of Education. Mm. That was one purpose. The other purpose was, it was intended to serve as a, a place for uh, uh, educational research on uh, psycho- educational psychology, producing of teaching materials for Ethiopian children. Uh, and, and and writing of textbooks, you know, generally ed- educational research mm. um, and, and it had at the beginning grades 1 to 12 Which is a, a very Expensive affair for a university to run a, wow. a full-fledged <laughs> Primary and secondary school. Yeah uh, We might to keep it for uh, some time, but the expenses became too much and in any event, uh, it didn't serve really the purpose for which it was uh, established i mean the the school was too was not representative enough uh, to serve as a laboratory school as a demonstration school or as a as a place for student teaching mm. most of the students came from you know the higher classes so to say uh, middle and higher social classes um, whereas the students with were training were going into the provinces and teaching in the rural areas so it didn't reflect the uh, typical student uh, population in ethiopia mm. so, so to make a long story short we abandoned the grade 1 to 12 arrangement um phased it out first grade one to six and then later on the secondary school um the, was very wait, wait,
0: so, so what did you end up doing so you went from one to twelve to yeah, one to but, six or or, or uh, you know seven to twelve
1: first we stopped uh, uh, no we, we abolished we gradually phased out the entire one to twelve but mm. over a period of time instead we only had one grade, grade twelve, mm. but it wasn't grade twelve, uh, just like any other secondary school. But it was a grade twelve in which, uh, which was to serve as a feeder for the uh, school of education for the Faculty of Education. Mm. Our main problem in the Faculty of Education is that uh, everybody says you know the teaching is very very important, but uh, we had only we could attract only very few students who come in through the regular school living certificate examination to the mm. faculty of education mm. so we had to have a special avenue for uh, admission to the uh, faculty of education so what we did was uh, we established this grade what we called it special uh, 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 special teacher training program mm. I forget the exact name, but it was a special program in the sense that we selected students from, from the whole country, mm. from all the 14 provinces, at the end of their 11th grade. Uh, we would go around in each secondary school, give examinations, and take the top 10 from virtually every province. Interesting. Uh, and we brought them into this laboratory school, into the special um, program, to 12th grade, it was a very enriched program, enriched in the sense that we had very high caliber teachers uh, that were provided to us through a project that uh, uh, we developed in the Faculty of Education and funded by uh, UNDP. We had something like 15, 16, 17, I forget, international teachers in, in virtually every subject, mathematics, wow. English, history, um, all many nationalities, you know. The program was funded by from UNDP, but it was administered. The executive, uh, uh, on exec, in terms of implementation, it was UNESCO. This yeah. is how UNDP works. If it's an agricultural project, they're financing; oh. they would give it to FAO, the Food and Agricultural Organization, okay. to implement it. Yeah. If it's an education project, they would give the money, but will have uh, UNESCO to. To, uh, implement it. Okay. Uh, similarly, with if it's at, uh, a labor project, then they would give it to the Ministry of Labor and so forth. Now, uh, we developed this uh, uh, proposal. Uh, as a, uh, The UNESCO and the United Nations uh, programs in general, they require counterpart contribution. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they would contribute, say, 70, 80 percent, but we have to come up with the balance the 10 20 30 depends on uh, on the nature of the program so what we did was uh, we had a creative way of uh, getting uh, the counterpart contribution the government's counterpart contribution we uh, gave monetary value to the uh, land we had there to the okay. buildings we had there. Yeah. <laughs> to the administrative service we had there and our contribution became you know when you monetize it it was very very high uh, anyway we managed to uh, convince the uh, the, the uh, authorities in New York UNDP, and uh, we got uh, I forget the amount of money but something like four or five million dollar worth of project wow. with which we were able to employ those uh, 15 to 20. 15, 17, 18 teachers uh, from, uh, you know, uh, through UNESCO. So,
0: so this, uh, yes. No, it's interesting that, I mean, first of all, two things. One is that mm. um, that you guys pivoted. I mean, you started off with building a, a, a what, you know, what you described, what you named as a laboratory school as a laboratory yeah. Yeah. and completely changed the purpose, which is interesting, right? Yes,
1: yes. And,
0: and then secondly, um, the timeline. I mean, because all this was done quickly. I mean, you wanted to start a project of any scale now it would take years i mean so how did you guys do this in just a short time i mean to change the mission and then raise the money and execute it this is what in the space of five years less yeah
1: well yes you're right i i i don't want to take too much uh, um credit for it but my first assignment when i joined the university uh, i was teaching one course in 1963 but Con, uh, but I was foc- I was told to focus on developing this project for UNESCO and UNDP2 so I spent virtually full time developing a, a project hmm. and giving it a monetary value and, and, and taking it to New York and, and defend it and so forth yeah, it was quick but uh, well, we managed also in early 60s. You know, there weren't all that many African countries that would yeah. compete with us. So there were a few, but not all that many. Mm. This was 63 that it started, 64. Mm. But uh, it, it, it became a full-fledged uh, <coughs> special teacher training program by uh, 65, 66. Wow. The... the uh, uh, sh- in, in, The most important thing to remember here is that whereas before this special program was established, the number of students the faculty of education would get through the school living certificate was something under 10, 6, 7, 8. But with this program, we were able to get as many as 120, 130 students. Oh, my God. Yeah. So our enrollment just, you know, uh, blossomed like anything. Yes, I took over the whole college. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And another important, another uh, uh, innovative part of it was that we we had the uh, competition within a province. We didn't didn't have a national competition. Uh By this I mean we would take the best ten and go from Gore, uh, which was one of the underserved provinces, or. Or Gambo in other we would go to yeah. any one of the 14 yeah. provinces, go to their secondary schools, have the kids compete with each other from that secondary school, or from that uh, province. Yeah. So we, they don't have to compete with those from Addis. Addis yeah. will compete on its itself. And, yeah. And in this manner, I feel we were able to um, get a larger number of student intake, not only in terms of numbers, but in terms of representation. Yeah. If we had left it only to the school living certificate, only, oh, there are many studies, uh, there's good many studies that would show that at one time uh, something like 80 to 90 percent of the students admission into the university were only from three or four places.
0: Mm.
1: Addis Ababa, Shawa, Harar, and Asmara, wow. between these three, four places, oh, the, the know, big, the big developed areas. Yeah, yeah, that's where you had the the, the best schools, yeah. the good teachers, the laboratories, and so forth. And these are the kids who would pass the examination, so uh, who would be, uh, you know, uh, who prepared to. Uh, they had good background preparation to pass the Ethiopian school Living certificate and get into the university. Yeah, but by doing this. But this way from the laboratory school uh, bringing them then for uh, one year you know they, they would complete their 12th grade in the in, in the lab school plus one more summer you know the summer before they get into the freshman year mm-hmm. that one year more than made up for all the deficiencies they had when oh my god right. schools,
0: yeah that's and, like there's a famous study it's like a, there's a famous harvard study like that about um affirmative action and and uh, documenting exactly that at the Ivys um, was written by. Um, it's a book, of course, I've never read, but it was written by the uh, the, the uh, presidents of Princeton and Harvard, and uh-huh. uh, it was a famous book called A River. It's not a river runs to, but a river something. Um, but basically, that same thing that you know, it, 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 once you get them in onto the campus, they
1: yeah. perform the same, but even better. Yeah. In the case, I say better because. Uh, at, at one time uh, the university, all university students were put into a freshman program, what they called a freshman program ir- irrespective of what faculty they were in yeah. and in that one freshman program uh, uh, you know, these kids who came in through the lab school excel in virtually every subject wow. in history or mathematics or so you know, it was it's a good in, uh, evidence that the students who failed the school living certificate examinations is not because they were not clever or they didn't have the intelligence or and so forth, yeah. but because they just didn't have the uh, resources. The schools didn't have the resources. They didn't have good teachers. Yeah. They didn't have uh, school supplies, books, textbooks, and so forth. Yeah. Uh, so here... And oh, another thing is they, they were made boarders. I mean, you know, boarding had been abolished, so we kept these kids in in, in a boarding school. You know, uh-huh. they, they had they had feeding at the, the they were they were fed with the rest of the university students in the cafeteria. Uh-huh. Plus, they had a dormitory uh, of sorts. You know, at least they had good rooms, uh, relatively good rooms. Uh, and so, and and the incentive for them is. uh, when they were in the 11th grade in the various provinces, they knew that if they, when they complete their 12th grade at the laboratory school, they are guaranteed entrance into the university. Mm. Whereas if they stayed in their own provinces and finished their 12th grade there and sat for their school living certificate, their chances of uh, getting, passing that exam was very small. Mm. I mean, the passing grade was something like 20 25 percent in other words 75 percent wouldn't make it just because the uh, schools were not good enough Uh, when we come to the school living certificate that's the second point uh, we're going to take up today Uh, i will describe what the examination looks like and so forth but uh, there was a great incentive for the students to uh, come to the lab school because, yeah. A, they don't have to take the school living certificate, B, they become boarders, they, be, they have a, a good uh, education, uh, guaranteed admission, as I said. Um, and uh, on, in return, the students would pledge to become teachers mm. for three to five years.
0: Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty good deal.
1: It's a very good deal. And,
0: I mean, uh, that's a, that you you pay more than that if you join the ROTC now or Army Reserves. Yeah. You know, you pay uh, for eight years of you know serving in the military to, yeah. to pay your debt.
1: And uh, uh, and even that we didn't enforce it very strictly. Like if a kid said, I wonder if I mean, if those twelfth grade after they finish their twelfth grade, if they really didn't feel. Uh, they're, they're 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 good for teaching, and they don't want to go into teaching. They would rather go into some other faculty. Uh, we would tell them, you know, okay, bring someone, some elder person who would guarantee, who uh, would be your guarantor, that uh, to pay us back what we spent on you. <laughs> and yeah. They would bring someone, but wouldn't follow it up. Yeah. But in any event, very few, uh, uh, I mean, chose to leave. I mean to. Uh, Not to live by by their promise. They they, they all finished their their courses at the the Faculty of Education and and became secondary school teachers. So, this school had uh, uh, a tremendous influence on the number of students we were able to admit. And in terms of the university itself, it, as I said, broadened the base in terms of student representation where they came from so we had uh, all kind of virtually all the ethnic groups were now represented because you know we, we selected students from from every province from all 14 provinces of the country
0: mm. how did you uh, how, i mean did you do about population i mean some provinces were more populous than the others uh,
1: uh yes yeah. uh we are busy yes uh, okay. Uh, student, po- the number of secondary school students was one factor. The population of the province was another factor, um, and how far behind they are in terms of uh, their development, so to say, you know, uh, uh, was also another factor. Basically, ver- all the provinces were promised something like um, ten. Hmm. And then some would get a little more, like twelve or thirteen. But it was between ten and fifteen from each province. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, not a
0: huge range, anyway. It's not. It's not. You know, five no, versus thirty. Yeah.
1: No, because we didn't have very clear uh, measure way of measuring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Very nice. So that's, under- that's, that's amazing, to be honest with you. That I mean, this is this is stuff that you know we still haven't figured out today. I mean, you know, nothing. You know.
1: Yeah. I mean, we were ahead of America in terms of uh, giving, uh, uh, wasting the English word here, what Americans call, uh, uh, you know, when they, they they want to give preference to, uh, for instance, to the blacks or to the women, you know, affirmative. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I must say, at the beginning, uh, this program was uh, not very popular in the university because uh, they thought we were bringing all kinds of people through an examination in which they didn't have much confidence mm. the faculty council we had to have an, an approval of the faculty council to uh, you know to get to admit students through these means because this is a university program after all yeah uh, but once or i think after the second or the third entry when they saw that these students were exhaling uh, the other students who came in through the school living certificate um, I mean this, 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 uh, this, uh, criticism just, just vanished. Yeah. Yeah. No,
0: <laughs> in, no, no
1: in fact, it was the reverse. Everybody wanted to have a similar program for themselves.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. F- <laughs> the is invitation. But how did you, so the ECLC was, you know, is, I mean, as a nationwide exam, you know, you yeah. know. so yeah. you guys just made an exam for the 11th grade, cause there's no, right. I mean, where did that come from?
1: The, our, our, our staff, yeah, exactly. It was an exam administered by the staff of the Faculty of Education with the help of staff from the other faculties. It was, a, yeah. Okay, that's good. It, uh, it wasn't school living certificate, no. But it was a good enough exam to select. Uh, and I think there was, uh, I don't think that we were disappointed by the, the exam or the manner of, in which they were selected, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, right? I mean, you. Yeah. Yeah. If you're able to pick the best students, I mean, it's not. It's probably not that hard. You know, I don't know. I guess I mean, you know, the, the number of kids who who are even eligible to take the test is probably not that huge, right? Sorry. I the mean, number? the number of kids that get to eleventh grade. I mean, you know, it's not that huge. To so, I mean, to make it that far, right? I mean, they have to be. They have to have enough yeah. resources and enough you know academic acumen to make it that far.
1: That's true. That's true. I mean, there was a lot of uh, uh, (coughs) dropout in the school system. Um, I mean, there are studies that show of, uh, this is another point that we should cover. I don't have so many things to talk about. Uh, This was one of the unfortunate uh, facts of the uh, school system in Ethiopia. It was, the system seems to have been developed for the few that pass through the secondary schools, rather than for the many that fail on the wayside, hmm. the studies show that of those who start 100, of the 100 who start grade one, barely 10 make it to grade 12. Wow! And yet, you know, the university and the school system is uh, designed for the 10 that make it through the school through the through the school system, rather than for the 90 that uh, fail off on the wayside. And to counteract this major problem, um, we had conducted what they called uh, a sector study uh, through the World Bank to see what kind of school system uh, would uh, be we should should have in Ethiopia that would uh, cater to the 90 that or the 80 or 90 percent that fall on the the wayside instead of the 10 that uh, that that make it through the school living. But that's another subject, and uh, uh, we'll talk about it maybe. Yeah. I, I don't. know, Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it was funny. I, I was reading. Um, it was. It was a. Uh, it was a, from the Department of Education. Uh, this guy who came out of. Um, I know Arnie Duncan came out of Chicago, but another guy who was sort of a reformer. I forget where he came out of. He was also in the DOE, and I was just reading something he was uh, he, that they wrote up about him, and and the statistics were nationwide. Mm -hmm. Um, out of a thousand students this is US that start primary school the number that finish with a four year degree is in you know the low double digits like 60 or you know 70 it's -hmm. not a yeah it's not a huge number who who finished BA finished BA
1: yeah. Now, now, in Ethiopia, I'm talking about who finished was. secondary school.
0: No, I understand. But I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, you, you wouldn't so think of separate. the U.S. and... Exactly. You think yeah, the U.S. and yeah. Ethiopia can't be in the same sentence, and it's not It's not that far apart. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I was not aware of that. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, so... As I said they, at the beginning, the faculty council was skeptical about the quality, and uh, they also criticized the cost involved because we had to go out and and uh, select the students. I mean, it was it wasn't a small administration, yeah. um, but after a long discussion, we were, in the faculty council, we were allowed to launch the program on what they call a the trial basis for one year, uh, and and uh, then. After the end of the first year, we asked for an extension of, you know, if we could try it for yet another year. Yeah. So we were allowed to try it for two or three years, and then, you know, I mean, the program uh, proved its uh, worth, and the question was never raised. As I yeah. said earlier, <laughs> the, the reverse became the, the problem, the, the yeah. question, yeah. So that was an important uh, uh, contribution. Uh, um, that we made in the Faculty of Education to the university as a whole, the Mariam. Uh, Now, (laughs) later on, uh, this is after I left, the number of students finishing high school and uh, trying to get admitted into the university or in any faculty of the university was so large Mm. that there was no need for this special program and it was phased out completely.
0: Oh, I see.
1: So there is no lab school now anymore. In fact, the law school, when I last went there uh, to visit it uh, about six uh, six years ago, uh, the, the the buildings had been converted into, where well, one of the buildings was a, 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 a library for the faculty of education. Mm. Uh, and, and so, I mean, it, it was being used for some other purpose. The school doesn't exist anymore.
0: What about the, What about the provincial diversity though? I mean, just because you have a huge pool and you can fill the faculty i mean what about the opportunities that they didn't get otherwise
1: i that's a very good question and i have no answer for it uh, i don't know if they are giving any special uh, um, a push for those who are coming from the underprivileged underserved uh, provinces yeah. uh, but you know for what it's worth they now have what 20 universities or no, not twenty, twelve, thirteen 13 universities. So each province is supposed to have a university of its own. Maybe, yeah. I don't know how good they are or what their qualities are, but I suppose each province will have its own university. So maybe the problem has solved itself, solving in courts. Um, yeah. But but I don't believe um, there is a, an even playing field. Uh, I doubt if that's because by the by, by by the nature of things, not all secondary schools are you know equally endowed in terms of textbooks and bo- uh, teachers and so forth. And to make matters worse, uh, the secondary schools are now run by in, in the in the in the in the vernacular, you know, either Oromo language or oh. or you know. So it is a very different setup now, and I, I I can't even visualize what the situation looks like, let alone to speak uh, uh, meaningfully and intelligently what was going on now so, so I mean, I, uh, well
0: that's another topic but so I mean secondary education is done in the local languages I mean so
1: no no primary education is done in the local languages and English is taught as a second lang- uh, language in the primary schools but the teachers uh, I mean since the primary schools are taught in, a, in in the vernacular language when they come to the secondary schools they, they, their English is so poor. Uh, and, and, and their preparation and the teacher preparation themselves is so poor. I mean, it was difficult enough to give to run a school in one language uh, uh, in terms of producing teaching materials, textbooks, training teachers. And, 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 and you know, there's so many inputs necessary to train, I mean, to develop a school system. Now, if you have, you have to replicate this in I don't know how many languages, then, you know, it becomes an enormous task but this is more politics than education now <laughs> yeah no yeah.
0: well, i don't know that so i mean what what about amharic is amharic taught in the schools or it never was taught it was only english that was taught when i mean in, back when you were
1: there and now oh no when i was there amharic was the medium of instruction in in primary schools okay and English was taught there as a as a subject in the primary schools, elementary schools, yeah. and and when you get to secondary school, English becomes the medium of teaching, became the medium of teaching oh, in I the understand. secondary schools. Okay. And Amharic was taught as a subject. So it uh, sort of reversed in, in a way. School. Yeah. Okay. And also the school living certificate would have a paper on, uh, an examinations on Amharic language oh. and literature, as there would be a paper in in English and history and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. And now, not, neither of those is the case.
0: I mean, Amharic is neither neither taught nor is the means of education.
1: I guess I mean I, I can I'm not qualified to say that, to answer that, but I believe it will differ, it will be different from uh, uh, Kelil to Kelil. I, I suppose in the Amhara regions it would be taught, but I'm not so sure whether how much of it is taught if if, if at all in, in Tigraya or or in the Oromo regions. I, I just don't know Phil. Hmm yeah i I can find out but i don't know
0: i don't know that's our next research project okay so (laughs) yeah so the so the laboratory school uh i mean served its purpose i mean and it sounds like dramatically so
1: yeah yeah and uh it served its purpose in uh of, of as i i think i said in one of our sessions to the extent of rendering the Faculty of Education the largest unit in the university, from the smallest to the largest in a matter of a few years.
0: Yeah, that's why they wanted one, yeah.
1: (laughs) It's just revolutionized, yeah. Okay, that was the first uh, program I wanted to describe tonight, the the, uh, laboratory school. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we can, shall we move on to the second Mm -hmm. one? Sure. Okay. Yeah. The second one is the, the EUS Ethiopian University Service. Uh, this one I was involved only as one among many. Uh, you know, there was it was a creation of really uh, of the whole faculty council, so to say. Everybody claims a bit of it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, someone who came to the to. Uh, uh, give us advice. You know, some of the, uh, in fact, uh, 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 a very uh, senior historian called it uh, a stroke of genius. Hmm. By the, I think it's the chancellor's advisory committee called it a stroke of genius. It's a uniquely Ethiopian program. It, it, in, in, in brief it's an it's a program in which which in which every student in the university had to go out into the rural areas and and serve for one year hmm. at the end of their third year at the end of their uh, junior year they would have to go out and 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 serve in the rural areas uh, for one year before they come back and do their fourth year and and
0: how do they decide who decides what they do
1: uh well that's a good question but in principle, they were supposed to go in the uh, and and do the service in the area in which they are training. Oh, so, if okay. they're in the law school, they were supposed to be attached in some uh, uh, courts in the in uh, or in the provinces. If they were uh, training to become uh, in in doctors or in or, or in the sciences, you know, to go to a scientific. But this didn't. Uh, I mean, there was no enough absorptive capacity in those various areas so they were not able to utilize our students unfortunately we tried the most we could in terms of uh, um, uh, spreading out the students and 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 have them go for their university service in their uh, sphere of uh, in their uh, field of specialization in their field in their majors but this was not uh, we were not able to to, to do it the law school was a little better because the the Ministry of uh, Justice was a bit more organized, and and they were able to take a, a good many of the law school students. But those who are finishing in uh, majoring in in science, in chemistry, physics, biology, and so forth, it was very difficult to assign them uh, in in their field of uh, in their major field. Yeah. yeah. So they ended up teaching. That's what <laughs> you remember uh, in one of the yeah. you remember in one of the sessions we said uh, uh, you know the secondary schools just mushroomed and they were short of teachers and if it weren't for the Peace Corps volunteers and Ethiopian University Service students, there uh, there you know the secondary schools would have I don't know who would have been to, who would have taught them there you know.
0: So I mean, how many students? I mean, thousands, right? I mean, what was the.
1: Uh, not hundreds, thousands, anyway. but ab- yeah. about, th- yeah, hundreds, yeah. about a thousand, yeah, yeah. 900 to, to 1,000, um, uh, I think that was about the safe figure to say, yeah.
0: It's the same thing we're doing now, it's, I, mean, I mean, the U.S. does the same thing, I mean, AmeriCorps, I mean, all these things, you know, yeah. I mean, as you know, you the college students teach the high school students, right? I mean,
1: yeah. okay. Uh, I don't know who, who, which started first, but well, was, no that that's new,
0: I mean that was uh you know that's you know Clinton and you know, I mean oh no no, no.
1: all yeah. ten years older at least, maybe more
0: maybe more, yeah, yeah, I'm twenty years older,
1: yeah
0: 20 years no, but, you know, but I mean but the principles don't change, I mean, you sort of have these two groups of you know these two groups that are running in parallel. I mean, the, you know, the college students have skills. They're more flexible. You know, they don't need much money. Yeah. They're creative and full of energy. I mean, you know. So.
1: That's right. But, you know, the, uh, I should underscore here that we intended it to be, the faculty council, when it voted it, that's the Senate and we called it faculty council, when it voted it, it voted it as an academic requirement. So each far. When the faculty council voted uh, the, for the program, uh, it underscored that it was an academic requirement of the university, mm. uh, not just a service. Because if it is a service requirement, then it would have to be parliament or something, you know. But it was mm. an academic requirement, just like English one hundred one or or Ethiopian languages one hundred one, you know. Uh, uh, and it was. Deliberately put at the, the end of the third year, because at, by then, the, the, the understanding was that the students would have learned something that they can teach when they go to the secondary schools. Mm. Plus, they will have that one year left, the senior year, oh. uh, to use the experience that they gained there, you know, to collect material for their fourth year thesis, if they're historians mm. or anthropologists mm. or geographers or even teachers and so that when they write their fourth year essay they will will be that much richer I mean they will have that much more experience Mm -hmm. Um, um, so uh, it was uh, as that uh, uh, member of the uh, Chancellor's uh, Advisory Committee called it a stroke of genius because the students when they were first sent you know they complained and complained they just wanted to finish their degree and get it over with but after they were, you know, required to go there or they wouldn't get their degree, um, then uh, they became so enthused with the program that mm. when they come back, they would tell us, please, Gachet, make sure that this program stays that, that is not dropped mm. because we really uh, learned a lot. We learned uh, what our country looks like. We don't know how, we now know how our, our people live in the rural sides mm. uh, and how the farmers are and so forth and so on. So it, it became a very popular program, in fact, so popular by the students that they wanted to take over the program. As part of one of the demonstrations, uh, their main target was that the university service program is a a student program, and therefore the students should themselves run it. Okay. And and we argued about noise and academic requirements. That's what the faculty council legislation says, and so forth and so on. Interesting. And they took took us to court, I think. I, I mentioned it to you. I don't know. Maybe not. They took us to court to say that the university has no authority to... Require such a service that's sure before the parliament. Again, we argue that you know it is an academic requirement, just like any one of the subjects that they're being taught, um, whether it's English or mathematics. (laughs) That's interesting. Uh, (laughs) But also, they became so mature. I mean, I have stories to tell. I mean, just just uh, let me just say one one of them. Uh, I remember uh, one of the students. Uh, who was sent on university service, uh, I think it was somewhere in Adwa, somewhere in Tigray, either Adwa or Maicha, anyway. Um, So I went, I mean, we we were, the staff, including the dean, were constantly in motion to go visit them, you know, which was good. In a way, I I got to see the country that way. But uh, when I arrived at the school, uh, the students were, the school was, uh, closed because there was demonstration by the secondary school students against one of the university service students. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why? Because they said, uh, he doesn't speak loud enough, he writes something on the blackboard and he be... Yes, a good example of uh, how much these students learn, how much they... Matured is uh, when I visited uh, one of my students, one of my Ethiopian University Service students in Tigray, I forget where it was, it was Adwa or Maech or somewhere there, Uh, I arrived right in the middle of a a demonstration. The school was closed, students had uh, walked out of their classes and the reason was that the student was there, the Ethiopian University Service student there, was not teaching them properly. He was too uh, low, his voice was too low, they couldn't hear him. He was speaking, uh, he was writing too fast, they didn't have time to copy what he was writing on the blackboard and, and, and uh, you know, reasons like that. Um, so I took the students to the side and told him, now do you see what you're doing, what happens to you? And <laughs> uh, because he too was demonstrating in the, in the university we were just before the, uh, he was uh, posted uh, on, on university service. Um, okay, to make a long story short, that this was a very maturing experience for the university mm-hmm. students. Yeah, they, they learnt a lot, and uh, um, although they lost the court case, uh, uh, there, uh, you know, uh, as I said earlier, they wanted to run the court. First, they didn't want the program. They wanted it. To, first, they didn't want it. I mean, they wanted to. Um, graduate as quickly as possible uh, and that the university didn't have uh, the authority to uh, impose a service. But later on they claimed that if it is a university service, then they should be the ones to run it. Anyway, uh, they lost on both counts and because we had uh, told them and argued successfully in the course that it is an academic requirement. Um,
0: Was there any way... To grade them, I mean, like you didn't have anybody else there, right? There's no mentors or monitors oh, yes, or anything, Yes,
1: right? yes, No, we we had uh, uh, selected the 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 director of the school and two or three senior teachers to have a day-to-day mm. monitoring of the kids, and then would go you know, the kids. I mean, there's university students, uh, and then uh, staff from the faculty of uh, education or from the various from the, uh, the would go as a team, you know, two or three of us would go and uh, and visit uh, them. Oh, maybe I think the requirement was that we should visit them two or three times a semester. Hmm. Uh, and we tried to do that. I mean, it was quite expensive. And, yeah,
0: I was going to say, it's a lot. I mean, that would take up your whole time.
1: Yeah, well, well um, it's not just, I mean, you know, the lot. Uh, it's not the same teachers that would go around, you know. Today it would be two, three faculty of uh, students, and in other in another, it's different teachers would go there. Would rotate, yeah. yeah. They rotate, exactly. <clears throat> but it did take time, yeah. And, and the distances are not easy. I mean, you couldn't go into all the schools by plane. Sometimes you have to drive. In fact, we prefer driving because we could uh, cover more grounds, I mean, more schools that way. Yeah, you could stop everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You could visit uh, Gojam and Gondar, and maybe another all the schools in Gujam and Gondar, or many of the secondary schools in Gudja. Uh, so um, it was expensive, but it was well worth it.
0: He also, but he also learned about the schools themselves. I mean, it was almost you know he had continuous reconnaissance also.
1: Exactly, hmm. exactly, <laughs> which uh, well, leads me to the third topic precisely because we know the Faculty of Education knew the secondary schools a lot uh, better than any other of the faculties by, <laughs> by virtue of the fact that we were training teachers for the secondary schools. Now, that was how I got to be appointed director of the ESLCE, the third program. Now, maybe we'll uh, just finish that and uh, mm-hmm. and complete the interview for today. Now, the Ethiopian School Living Certificate Examination uh, uh, So. Uh, was the major, the the only source? Well, the main source of admission to the university. Um, it had the dual purpose of uh, admission to the university as well as uh, certifying students to have completed their secondary schools. Um, so, it's it wasn't a small uh, undertaking because it's it's almost like the uh how do you call it the south examinations here and you know, it was administered mm-hmm. yeah to all the secondary schools at the same time same yeah. time um, and uh, because we don't want any of the exam questions to be leaked yeah uh, so um and so one day in uh, i think it was in 64 the president of the university uh, casa waldemariam he called me to his office and said murugeta you since you know the schools better than, your faculty knows the schools better than anyone else, why don't you also serve as the director of the Ethiopian School Living Certificate?
0: Oh my God, yes.
1: I, I, I was not paid a dime, I simply yeah. said, she and bowed low. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that was it. Later on, after I left, uh, after four or five years of my uh, service as director of the School Living Certificate, uh, someone was hired at a large amount of money, I think he was not, uh, I mean, nobody would work free. Oh. Uh, as I said, the exam was administered jointly, uh, The exam, jointly the Minister of Education and the university, but it was set, the exams were set by university staff. Oh. I mean, the Department of Geography would write the questions in geography, the Department of History, the same, the examinations in history and mathematics, you know. And uh, uh, it was the... Uh, My role as director would be to make sure that the examinations were written properly, I mean, you know, on time. And and these professors, they they don't always uh, submit their work on time, so you had uh, lots of uh, haggling to do. Um, But it was very intensive in terms of uh, printing the exams, collating them, sealing them in a huge bag, Mm. putting... uh, uh, uh you know how would' say the sealing them with wax and so forth um, and we, we wanted to make sure that the exams were administered the same day for all of them uh, in, in in throughout the country in throughout the 14 provinces and i don't know how many examination centers were denied this um, and, and we worked day and night. Um, much of the work for me was in the evenings because in the day I had a full-time work at the Faculty of Education as dean. Um, but it just took a lot of time. And the main peak time was Christmas holiday uh, mm. when we were writing the exams, we were duplicating the exams and so forth. And and they were uh, administered during the Easter recess in, mm. in April. Yeah. Uh, uh, and to make sure that the exams were administered at the same time, I remember one instance when uh, I had gone with the examiner. You know, the the examinations were put in a bag and given to the examiner. The examiners were from the university, and he was supposed to take us, one of the small planes, to uh, a province, Bali, oh. in south southern Ethiopia. But somehow other plane left without him. Oh my God. So, so that was a big uh, so we had to tour uh, on the spot I was able to hire a Cessna oh my from, gosh. The, from the airlines yeah. on, on credit. Uh, but later on I refused to pay the fee because they had not announced the flight. The uh, pilot had uh... flight. So um, I mean it was that, that was, was that it was that critical for us that the exams were given the same day throughout the country. And um, I feel extremely gratified that no leaks occurred, uh, or or even rumored to have occurred during my uh, service as director. Uh, And uh, not a whisper of a foul play anywhere. Wow. I mean, this is a good record compared to other regional examinations, uh, like uh, the West African Examinations Council. They had a similar examination for all of West Africa. Um, and you know, f- formerly the, these students were taking the London matriculation. But when the matriculation stopped, sometime uh, in the mid '60s, they started their own exam, the w- West African Examinations Council, and and then the, the same thing with the East African Examinations Council. They had lots of leaks and lots of. Uh, uh, problems in the press and on radio and so forth oh my god but w- we were lucky that we had no such uh, uh, problem what I mean
0: how do you I mean I guess the answer is in the details I mean I mean nowadays I mean even if you had fedex and email it would be hard I mean that's that's actually <laughs> it's actually pretty hard to imagine the,
1: the, 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 I mean, they went with the bags of examinations. The examinations in
0: person. So, in so I mean, person. Yeah. So it's almost like the uh, the the man with the briefcase uh, handcuffed to his wrist, almost that's like that's right.
1: Yeah. That's right. In fact, where they stayed in the hotel, in, in various hotels, well, we had uh, uh, an understanding with the uh, provincial police that they would have a police uh, <laughs> squad uh, protecting him. Oh my so God. They, yeah, it was, a, it was a serious thing because, you know, that was the main admission to the university, so yeah. everything depended on it. Uh, and, and every old eyes of the country was on us, I mean, uh, on that examination. Uh, we would work at night and, and there were only three or four of us because we didn't want to have a large staff uh, for uh, uh, security reasons. Uh, we would duplicate it there and, and, and uh, mimeograph it there and Uh, staple is there put it in the envelopes and and make sure that each province had the exact number of uh, it it looks small from (laughs) from this side but it it really took a lot of my time and my evenings were uh, just ruined because of this my years as a school living certificate, so if when you were growing up you didn't see enough of me, that was one reason <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not to mention all the kids have to take it, but yes we will yeah. we'll, we'll share
1: it that's the, that was the I think we covered all three of examinations so maybe next time we meet next week, I will finish up with the, uh, have mind the uh, years of sabbatical leave. Yeah. And I also want to say uh, something about the radicalization of the student, the politicization of the student body in, in, in that uh, yeah. period. And uh, some kind of concluding uh, words about the, some of the pressing issues at the university when we left it, you know, uh, what were, what we, th- I think now, or what I thought at the time as well, were lacking at the university and uh, and, and, and you know, these were the challenges that we faced. Uh, you, 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 mean, you mean in
0: 69 or
1: 74? So By, by the time we finished, no, by, by, by 74.
0: I see, okay, yeah.
1: I mean, you know, it covered the whole period. I mean, the budgetary problem was throughout our period there. That was problem number one throughout our, I mean, the university's budget did not grow uh, in the same- Rate. Rate, yeah. rate yeah. as the student population. Yeah. And we are constantly fighting. And these are the ramifications on student feeding, student housing, and um, you know, a lot to be to be uh, you know missing in terms of physical infrastructure of the university, and, yeah. and uh, this, this is something. <laughs> and the radicalization of the student also is somewhat uh, you know uh, partly explained by the fact that we are not taking good care of our students.
0: Well, I mean, also, I mean, the 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 the, the world. I mean you know at the beginning it was a mission you know i mean they could take they could take you and say you're going to do three jobs and you would say yes you know but you can't do that you know it's it's not startup forever and yeah yeah it costs money
1: it costs lots of money yeah okay Uh, well very interesting
0: okay so this is good so we'll we'll pause here uh okay